0: And welcome to Rise and Thrive, the podcast where we learn how to deal with our negative emotions and crappy feelings and get to a place of love, peace, and joy. I'm Erin Warhol, and I'm here with Mary Hayes Greco. Hi, Erin. Hey, Mary. Well, I'm excited today because we are talking about emotional health what it is, why it's important. And I do know that it's important. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: it's like a huge place where we all live. We live out of. And uh, we have ways of alluding to it generally. But oftentimes, we don't have just plain spoken understandings, commonly held understandings of what it is to be emotionally healthy and what it is when you're not emotionally healthy and what you know, how to hold that with each other, it's yeah. it's really important.
0: It's really important. And so, you know, I've noticed in the past that, and, I, and I, maybe this is changing, but culturally it sort of seems like we tend to put logic on a pedestal and emotions kind of like sidelined or get rid of them. I don't like how they feel.
1: Kind of like they're the uh, dicey cousin. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not sure how this cousin's going to act at the party, but yeah. you always have them there, but you're not quite sure if they're going to behave.
0: Yeah, but they're important. I mean, emotional health is key. It's it's primary. It's really important. It's
1: totally key. It's key to our physical health. It's mm-hmm. key to our, our smooth and happy relationships. It's key to what makes every day worth uh, meeting
0: well maybe to start out with then we could just talk about how do you know if you're emotionally healthy
1: good question well i think you know you're present to what's here and now not what used to happen or what you're afraid is going to happen in the future so you're in the present moment uh, you're breathing. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned how much you're enjoying breathing deeply I these days. Because you have done some emotional work in, <laughs> in recent history, and you're breathing better. Yeah. And you like it. I do. So you can take a breath and enjoy it. Enjoy breathing. Um, I think people want to see you. Y- you want to see them. Mm-hmm. You're not approaching each other with caution about, is somebody going to go off in a weird way? Or, yeah. Or is somebody going to pull me down? And it's uh, it's really like a lot of color in our lives and landscape.
0: And so it is kind of a landscape, and kind of different weather comes in and out of it. And some days are more stormy than others. But it's just part of life. And we don't get to just be happy all the time, or we don't get to be...
1: Right, and we haven't figured out the really good response to... Uh, how are you? Besides, <laughs> fine. <laughs> how are you? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I like the, uh, the new b- podcast called, uh, what is it? Terrible. Thanks for asking. Yeah. That's great. That's great. We don't have like the good short answer that is also honest. Yeah. That's the uh, contained and professional. You're here. You're not whining, but it's, we, we, it'd be nice if we could signal to each other what the emotional weather is. Mm. that we're in without going on and on.
0: So let's talk a little bit about what happens when you're not in touch with your feelings. Um, What what does that do? I know a lot of people aren't, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, they might be in touch with their stiff neck Mm -hmm. or the headache that they get when they're with somebody for a couple of hours or Mm -hmm. um, the feeling of uh, hiding who you are Not Mm -hmm. quite just being relaxed and being who you are. Maybe we're not trusting ourselves in our full full personality. And emotions are part of our personality. So we're body, we're emotions, we're mind, we're our energy. Mm -hmm. And it's good to really know ourselves day by day in terms of where we're at.
0: Yeah, and you talk about that sometimes. That you know, we hear mind, body, spirit, but really it's mind, body, spirit, emotions. Mind, body, and,
1: emotion, spirit. I yeah. would say, yeah, that's that's really a missing piece. It's not as, uh, doesn't look as good on a flyer, but it's really, <laughs> it's really the thing: mind, body, emotions, and spirit.
0: So when somebody isn't emotionally healthy, maybe they have a habit of numbing their feelings or distancing themselves from their feelings, or what What does that look like? Eating their feelings, eating their drinking feelings. their feelings, yeah.
1: working too hard, too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, not being comfortable in our skin, not being able to... Get mad in a healthy way in a moment, and deal with it in a healthy way in a moment, or be in grief. You've lost somebody, and grief takes a while. Yeah, grief takes quite a while, and our culture doesn't leave us much room for uh, your loss when you've had a loss. So people are nice to you for a couple of days, but you know, in a month or two, they really wonder what the heck you're. You know, why are you still moping around? Yeah, but but grief is a slow weather system that requires consistent compassion for yourself or for the person that's nearby you in grief and people are slower and not as quick and not as fun when they're in grief they're they're in a little bit of a fog and i I think in the old world people used to wear black clothes for a full year the widow wore the black dress for a full year and that might seem kind of corny in a way but in a way it's great because it reminds them and the community, oh, it's that year. My yeah. husband died, my father died, my mother died. A big, a big relationship passes, and you are kind of with that for a year mm. in some way. Mm-hmm. Not every single day in terrible depth, but pretty often from time to time, this fog, this sadness, this uh, needing to talk about something mm-hmm. in a remembering way. That's uh, something that we don't, uh, permit as well uh, as we should.
0: Well, and sometimes it's because we just don't know what to do with that. I, I've seen Cheryl Sandberg a lot in different on different podcasts and in the media, and of course she lost her husband a couple of years ago, and has gone through a grieving process. She had young children, and uh, she wrote a book called Option B: How to Be Resilient in the Face of What We Go Through, and. You know, she, she's been on interviews, and she's talked about how people would ask her once, how are you, and she'd answer, and then they wouldn't ask her again. And it was this idea, and she said she had that too, where, well, if I ask you how you feel, I'm going to make you feel bad. Or I'm going to bring s- you down. I'm yeah. going to bring the situation down.
1: Oh, you're yeah. going to be Debbie Downer. You're going to be the one that yeah. that made it not fun because and, you were honest about where you were at.
0: Yeah, her point was... Her point was, well, I already, I do feel bad. And you asking me about it doesn't make me feel bad. But that that struck me because I, I've i seen that too. I've seen that kind of in my own family growing up. It's like, oh, I don't want to ask you how you're, ask you about your it emotions. be real. Right. But they're real anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: It is. So we should find ways of sharing that's uh, honest and appropriate for the situation. Yeah. You know, we're not going to go on and on. We're not going to sit down and cry for half an hour but you know to let someone know well thanks for asking I've been having a hard time of course I still really miss so and so and some days I'm in kind of a fog thanks for asking Mm -hmm. there you go you've just said where you're at and you turn your attention to the present moment which is uh, we're doing something we're doing this podcast we're doing uh, we're going shopping We're, we're doing a task in the present moment but at least you feel for the moment a little seen Mm-hmm. A little, a little held in the attention of somebody.
0: And so, for somebody who's going through different emotions, uh, what I'm hearing you say is that you can attend to those, you can give voice to those, but then also you can be present here in this moment and not just co- yeah. Stuck with I think those. we
1: have to hit that balance between yeah. um, our our duties and our our goals and all of that, and what's available this day inside me so I for instance yesterday I was uh I was I I just went through a a little a little depression it was about Mm -hmm. a week long Mm -hmm. and uh I'm not sure it sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between depression and grief they're really Mm -hmm. similar you know so uh and I really thought I was going to do a couple of things yesterday but they involved being at my best they involved being you know dynamic on the phone with somebody, Mm -hmm. a prospective client. And I was feeling really kind of foggy and drippy. Mm -hmm. And so I did yard work instead. Oh, I sort (laughs) of said, okay, well, you know, I wish I would do that today, but I'll do it soon. I promise I'll do it tomorrow or the next day at the, at the latest, but right now I think I'm going to go snap a bunch of sticks that are <laughs> in my yard, because <laughs> I could do that. I could snap the sticks and burn some in a fire and rake and, and yeah. do those things. So I think it's it's learning to recognize what you're in, and also in the same way as I did yesterday, I said, you know, this is going to pass. I'm not going to be like this for the rest of the month. I'm gonna be, I don't know if I'm going to be like this another day or two, but meanwhile... I will snap sticks in the backyard, and hope that tomorrow my my focus will be better, and I'll I'll keep moving along. So we always we need to keep moving along like a like a current in a river. Mm-hmm. But I think so often, especially in America, we are so productivity oriented
0: right. that
1: we're like, come on, let's you know be your best and produce, and and let's go there and let's be amazing, and we just can't be amazing every <laughs> single day. <laughs>
0: I bet you were amazing in your yard snapping sticks. Well,
1: <laughs> let's say I was. I was. Fi- I was fine. I was adequate. <laughs> I was pretty good at sna- snapping those sticks and yeah. and looking at the pretty uh, sunlight in the leaves and and breathing and yeah. just telling myself it's okay. This is good. Yeah. Sticks are good. Your yard is good. You're going to like this later, and tomorrow you'll make those phone calls.
0: Well, and so you know yourself really well, and you know about emotions because you're always teaching people about dealing with emotions. And
1: I've been a really emotional person in my life just by nature. I mean, some people have stronger, more vivid uh, emotional expression than others. Right. I think I'm a really emotional person because it's just part of my – my deal is in my yeah. purposes to help people with their emotions. So, I've kind of made, I think I've I made a too. real study of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm kind of I'm an emotional person too, who has gone a path of not really knowing what the heck to do with her emotions, mm-hmm. and I'm relieved to be on better footing with all of it mostly since i met you and i'm like oh okay <laughs> yes and we've been
1: doing all that forgiveness work and all those yeah. those other tools that we study in the self mastery program
0: yeah yeah but you so you had to you had to find your way because when you were younger you didn't you didn't always know oh i feel this way and i'm going to go give myself a break
1: yeah i mean i think everyone finds their way of coping mm-hmm. the way i coped with it when i was younger was to uh, run off to play in this empty lot that ha- was next to a creek
0: mm-hmm. and
1: see the water flow. It's wonderful to go be by water when you're having an emotional day, I think, mm-hmm. whether it's a creek or a lake or a river oh, yeah. or an ocean. Water, I think, is really um, supportive to emotional processing. So I do that, or I would disappear into a book. Mm-hmm. Or um, thankfully, in my family, they did not stop us from crying. If no. you cried, They would suggest nicely that we go to our room and cry and then we would just sob buckets in our room for Mm. 20 minutes and we come back and nobody said anything very you know uh, insightful but at least we weren't punished for for that whereas if we were angry in the house I grew up in, you couldn't be angry anywhere oh. within the acreage. You know, there was a, <laughs> anger was not an okay emotion. So I think a lot of families are like that, where yeah. some emotions are understood and acceptable and others are just
0: uh, forbidden. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah, so if you get really good at handling your feelings, then how does that help you, like in the long run?
1: Well, I think it. It helps you know who you are. It helps you know what you love and who you love and what you're passionate about and what makes you angry because it's unjust and it offends your values. It's really a lot about just knowing yourself. And um, I think, you know, we love the stories of, of the emotional life. Every good movie, every great book... We cared about the character because we could feel their heart. Mm. We could feel how they were aching, or we could see what they were longing for, or we could sympathize when they were really insulted. It's like it's just such a huge part of our storytelling—the the the color and the drama of emotional life. It adds color and drama, and uh, it makes us human. It makes us the interesting uh, creature that we are.
0: Well, and can you can people? choose how they feel? That That's hmm. come up. I've heard that before from other from friends or colleagues where they say, well, just don't feel that.
1: Right. <laughs> I think we can choose our attitude. I think we can choose our, our attitude on a mental level. Mm-hmm. We can choose what attitude we're going to hold towards this situation. We're going to choose a positive goal. We're going to maybe act as if we feel confident when we don't feel confident, but we're going to kind of put it on like a like a nice suit and and wear it until till what do you fake it till you make it mm-hmm. I think we can do that on a mental level and this all of this combination of things will will steer our emotional body over in the direction where we want to be but uh I think they're on different circuits I think the mind and the emotions interface, but they're on their own circuit. So mm. you can have a good attitude and feel miserable at the same time.
0: Oh. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just
1: that you're not going to throw your misery around the room. You're not going to sink into it and, and just stink the whole place up with your <laughs> with your you know resentment about something. You're going to take care of that. You're going to process it, and you're going to have a good... This is what we call being professional. Mm-hmm. You go to work... If you, are, if you know how to be a professional, you know how to do this. You mm-hmm. learned how to contain your emotions mm-hmm. and how to hold them respectfully and feel them, uh, breathe with them. But at the same time, your mind is staying in the goal and staying mm-hmm. in the positivity. It's staying in our, our project and our intentions.
0: Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. So the emotional circuit is different from... The mental circuit. I think so,
1: and that's why I discovered this by doing all this forgiveness work with people yeah. because I, I could see clearly that many people had a good positive attitude or they had a good uh, spiritual compassion towards somebody about something. But in their emotional body, in their emotional self, they were full of hate. Mm. They were full of, of anger. They were full of, of bad attitude. And you, the way you get to into alignment with yourself when you're doing a, a piece of forgiveness work towards some someone who has upset you, you honor that emotional level, even though your mind goes, oh, "I understand, you know, he he grew up a different way, and he's doing his best, and blah blah." But your emotions are like, "Oh, that idiot! Oh, he did that! Mm-hmm. Oh, he's really frustrating the hell out of me! God, I wish he would just cut it out!" Mm-hmm. Your emotions are 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 colorful and maybe hot and maybe unfair, and uh, maybe judgmental, and all, all of that. And you have to have a way of processing that so that it it feels seen and honored, and then you reset uh, along your your mental goals.
0: So you and I, uh, last winter, we saw the movie Manchester by the Sea, which you said afterwards that was oh, really excruciating for you. It was you. excruciating. <laughs> I, yeah. I
1: he's already won the award, so I don't feel like I'm hurting his career by saying <laughs> don't see it, don't go see it. It's really a drag. It is t- two and a half hours of, of emotional dysfunction that has very very little redeeming redemption. You know, throughout yeah. it, at the end of it, like oh, that was like a long dental appointment for me, because as a counselor and as someone who has really learned how to process emotions, I'm like oh, dude, stop it, go get some help don't go to the bar, let that person hug you, You go have that good cry. And yes, read a letter at the graveside, do whatever you have to do, but stop doing this drinking and fighting stuff. It's really, really uh, not aesthetically pleasing. You could do better than this.
0: But that character, now that character, I'll just represent him a little bit here. He he was somebody who's who hadn't thought he didn't know how to thaw out his emotions. He he was. But they were, all leaking, out like, they they were leaking out of him every second. Yeah. So it when, was more
1: like he couldn't he couldn't accept, acknowledge them, accept them, and receive help from people. He could yeah. not receive the kindness and the attention and the compassion from others. He could not. Go find a counselor. He could not receive a hug from a neighbor. It's probably yeah. because part of the theme was that he felt really guilty. yeah, and he was punishing himself., yeah. but he was also punishing everyone around him.
0: So, okay, so a sign of somebody who's maybe not emotionally healthy would be maybe you can't receive help or you are fighting a lot or you're screaming at people. yeah, like
1: you're that. you're grumpy, you're kind of shut down. you're sort of turned away. you're kind of negative or you're exploding like he did in the film. Mm-hmm. He would occasionally just have to explode and and punch people in the face and really <laughs> <laughs> there was just at least eight other things he could have been doing besides that. <laughs> it was really hard to watch him do that.
0: Okay, so we've determined that you think that that the emotions need to be dealt with so that we can get through them. We that they're there, it's it's part of our our place as a human being is to find our way through them, and that's one of the reasons on on our show where we talk about rise and thrive. We often will say you need to face into your emotions, even the yucky ones, because why, Mary, make the case?
1: <laughs> because it's so troublesome when we don't. Yeah, it's so troublesome. It it's you know, caught. It causes fights and it causes. Uh, people sinking into depression and mm-hmm. getting stuck there. I think part of the thing is that emotions are so fluid and they do move along, but if we don't get in their way, if we mm-hmm. don't obstruct it with uh, telling ourselves we can't have this feeling or or trying to nuke them out with alcohol or drugs or food mm-hmm. or all of that sort of thing, the more we do that, the more we stay stuck. I, I worked in a treatment center for 16 years and they used to say, this is a truth, that the um, emotional maturity of the recovering alcoholic was stopped at whatever age they started drinking. Really? If they started drinking at, at 12 or 15 or 20, and then they finally, after 15, 18 years, got to treatment and started facing into themselves and their real, uh, their real self... Well, what you found there was a person who had the maturity of a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old or an 18-year-old, and they had to grow up. They had to spend some time growing up because it it stops the progress. It stops the, the learning process um, that has to happen. So it's I think we need to just allow ourselves to be like the... The river that I'm so fond of, the Saint River around here, it's it's just steady. It's it's flowing. It's moving along. It never stops. It's always the same. It's always different. And I think that's how people's growth is. There's a kind of a stream of unfolding that we're in. But if we uh, shut down our emotional life in the situations that we're in along the way, we we get stuck. We get swampy. We swampy. get swampy l- Swampier. log jams. Think about a, a yeah. river. Getting, getting stopped, getting stuck, and, and getting stagnant.
0: Ugh, yuck. Yuck. We don't like that. Stanks. <laughs> Algae. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Okay, so on Rise and Thrive, our podcast, we will be talking more about different emotional health issues and how you face them and how you rise up from anything that is troubling you. And, and how also- we make it part of our mastery, how we make it part of like,
1: hey, this is my life. This is, these are my stories, these are my gifts, these are my challenges, and how we make it uh, our classroom. Our emotional life is part of our classroom, and we want to do well in it.
0: We do. All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you would like to send us a note and let us know how you found your way through maybe a troubling time or something along those lines, you can send us an email to erin at com or send it to mary at com. If you like what you're hearing, tell your friends about us. You can connect with us and join the conversation. Our website is com, And you can also go to Facebook and find us there. So, thanks so much for to uh, Daniel Zamzow, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time. You just kick that door.